And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, PNR with This Old Marketing. Take it away, boys. Well, hello, content marketers. I'm Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 106 of PNR's This Old Marketing, recorded Sunday, November 22nd, 2015. Well, it's Thanksgiving time here in the United States, folks. This Thursday, families around the United States will gather around the Thanksgiving table, express their deepest gratitude for all the blessings they have, and oh, who am I kidding? Families are going to clamor in from late plane flights, argue, drink a lot, eat more than they should, and sit with their belts open watching the late game, falling asleep to either planes, trains, and automobiles, or home for the holidays. Come on, that's Thanksgiving, right? But here in PNR, we know that pilgrims don't make bread because they're crummy. <laughs> we know that the kind of music pilgrims like is Plymouth Rock. And we also know that the turkey is always guilty of the crime because of foul play. All right, enough of that nonsense. We have gratitude here at PNR. Joe and I are feeling the Thanksgiving love and gratitude. We give thanks for content marketing and the audiences it builds. We give thanks for great content. And mostly we give thanks to you guys for somehow enjoying our nonsense week after week. And with that, let's get our Thanksgiving show underway. And to start, let me introduce my friend, my colleague, and my co-host, the gobble, gobble, gobble of content marketing, Mr. Joe Pulitzi. Happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Well, happy Thanksgiving to you as well. I, you know, I, I didn't even realize until I got an email from one of our listeners that we totally blew by the two-year anniversary. We were so stuck on the on the hundredth episode that we totally missed that two weeks ago we celebrated our two-year. Well, you're absolutely right. I, I holy smokes, it is. It's been two. Well, happy two-year anniversary. I then, know, too. and I'm that? very, I'm very thankful <laughs> for you, Robert. <laughs> Oh no! We should probably warn people that it's going to be one of those shows. It's a punchy we're both show, folks. Exhausted, but the Cowboys won, so you're the, happy. The Cowboys won. I am giddy. I am giddy that Tony Romo is back, and it's all a grand thing. But I, um, well, you. I mean, I'll let you describe what you're doing to be exhausted. But I have been lifting furniture and running around for almost feels like 48 hours straight, trying to move into my new house. The Reno is That's finally right. done. Yay! And. Now I'm just I'm just a rat ready to collapse. Yeah. So yeah, I I ran uh, my second half marathon of the year. So I have a goal to do two a year. So this is that's this unbelievable. Is the second one, and and the good news is I actually set a personal record. So I, I broke through two hours, um, which was wow. a, which was a a good time for one fifty nine fifteen, and uh, our, our our creative director Joseph Kalinowski was way in front of me, but he was. He was pushing me all along the way, so it was, that's, it was I mean, nice. that's unbelievable. I mean, congratulations. I mean, first and foremost, a huge achievement. I mean, that's just – I don't even know if I know – I can – I don't know if I have enough stamina to spell half marathon, much less run one. I, I, that, well, it was – actually, it was a great thing, and I'm super proud of it, and I you know, enjoyed the shower afterward. But I got to <laughs> tell you, the best part of today was that the Browns didn't lose today. That yeah, was, well, that's because they're on a bye, right? Exactly right. <laughs> it's like Browns fans got up right. all around the world and rejoiced because today yes. would be a glorious Sunday. <laughs> that they so would lose. <laughs> anyways, do we have any articles on we this We do have some week? news this week. We do indeed. Despite the fact that it's a short holiday week, we do have some news. Our first news item comes from uh, courtesy of TechCrunch.com. 
And it's all about the Y Combinator and a new launch of a new magazine, new digital magazine called The Macro. Um, And as it starts out by saying, there are plenty of tech blogs, but The Macro can go where no blogs are allowed, deep inside the hogwarts of startups. Y Combinator, mixed with an unmentionably candid advice and embarrassing tales of failure, meant only for the ears of YC's founders and mentors, are stories worth spreading beyond the accelerator. And uh, basically, it goes on to talk about the sort of launch of this new digital blog magazine called The Macro and also calls it, and I had to love this when it got to it, and I want to get your take on this, Joe, is they called it content marketing because as they're seeing, as they say, that we've seen with venture capitalists taking off to different channels and startups taking to different channels, here's Y Combinator basically creating a publication to further recruit and further create excitement around the idea of startups through the Y Combinator. Did you get? Did you come away with the same thing? Oh, I, well, I love, there's a couple quotes in here that are priceless. Uh, when Y Combinator is talking about why they created it, they said, we didn't say we needed another recruiting tool, but they said still to this day when we ask founders why they applied, They'll point to Paul Graham's essays or Sam Altman's How to Start a Startup Class at Stanford or Jessica Livingston's book, Founders at Work. I mean, all the things that, you know, they're talked about, involved in. So the way that they drive business is by getting, you know, the essence and the values of what Y Com- and the stories about Y Combinator are out there. So I, it makes perfect sense, right? It's actually interesting they didn't do this sooner. Yeah. Because it makes too much sense. And who, what, what uh, founder out there or wannabe founder is not going to want to get this publication? I mean, they're well, going to they're gonna absolutely want to hear the stories of the failings and the successes and what they need to do. And it's sort of the inside scoop of the organization. And I think it, it's brilliant. It's funny. It's I, I I I don't know why I you know it's one of those things where you go wow why didn't I think of that I mean it seems such a natural fit for a magazine or a publication in general you know much less published by you know one that's published by the the Y Combinator and you know and look there are other I mean our our friend Jay Akunzo at at, at you know at uh, at Open and ne- ne- next few yeah yeah next few sorry that's and okay. is is been been doing this for for you know a, a number of years sort of helping steward and teach startups about how to get into the practice of content marketing so this is not a new thing by any stretch of the imagination well and then open view open, open view venture partners you know we've been I, I they had the open view as a case study and epic content marketing two years ago and sure. obviously we've used them as a case study throughout and and their uh uh their blog is one of the one of the leading blogs i would say for for founders for those mid you know, mid-sized startups looking for growth. Uh, so this is not a new, new thing. So I don't think that they're, you know, YC is is actually breaking news here. But I love the story is worth reading just because it's almost like this is stuff we've been talking about forever, but they're talking about it like like TechCrunch is talking about this. This is just an amazingly new thing. Oh, my right. goodness. Yeah, right. And it's like, yeah, it's been around for a little while. You know, this is... It's good. Yeah, this content marketing thing. Yeah, it's been around for a little while. But I also yeah. love how they're I mean, you know, so Y Combinator is certainly one of the the biggest quote unquote brands out there in this startup space. And them using this as a recruitment tool is just a really cool idea for for, you know, really, you know, it's it's not like they need to sort of make startup life cool. But by making startup life cool, they they sort of separate themselves from the pack and begin to be able to say, 
not only one here is you know basically line up here's all this really cool sort of you know lifestyle and and startup and you know why we're so great and all that that's all great and everything but the other thing is they can start to 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 really attract and teach those that are applying what you know what works and what doesn't et cetera et cetera so they're so they're actually improving the pool as they widen it it's it's if that makes sense I think this. Uh, I think this content marketing thing is going to take off. I think, I think it's. Yeah, I think you're going to see more. <laughs> I, think I think it's just. It's such a natural fit in the VC community. It yeah. absolutely is because you can tell talk about the stories. I mean, these are real challenges. I mean, if if you look at any kind of the stats on you know startup success, if you look at onstartups.com, they'll say the first time entrepreneurs have a success rate of eighteen percent. And actually, if you look at Y Combinator itself, if you look at the stats that Henry Blodgett puts out there, Y Combinator itself is about ten percent success. That's their rate is about ten percent success rate from a, a successful exit. What they would uh, what they would qualify as a successful edit, exit. So this is really hard. Like it's not, not easy. You're going to fail way more than you succeed. So I think if you can prepare founders a little bit more for this, and at the same time help recruit them to YC, it's a win-win all yeah. the way up. All the way. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. I think enough about that. Let them let them let them get their own audience. That's right. Enough, stop enough it. advertising Just stop for it. them. Yeah. <laughs> All right, our next story. We're going to pair a couple of stories here, actually, um, all on the same topic. Um, This one, when I read these stories, I just had to laugh because I want to say there was a couple of knuckleheads that have a podcast that sort of called this uh, a while back. Ooh, I can't Um, wait to hear what you're going to talk about um, here. But we'll we'll see how, how, how well we predicted this. So this is basically coming from the Wall Street Journal and from Engadget. So... The Wall Street Journal headline is basically Facebook mulls ad changes for instant articles after publishers push back. Um, you might as well reword that headline. Facebook uh, considering ad changes after uh, publishers have a toxic freak out about how much money they're making because the article opens up by saying um, Facebook is now experimenting with new advertising approaches for its instant articles platform after publishers encountered challenges generating ad revenue because of restrictions imposed by the social network. And then if we move down and we move to the Engadget article, which is basically entitled Facebook Instant Article Ad Revenue is in Challenge, um, 20%, uh, 20 participating publishers of Facebook Instant Articles program just aren't getting as much money per post as they do for pieces posted on their own websites. And so I guess because of the restrictions, I'm, I'm shocked that the publishers are having <laughs> – having challenges here generating the amount of money. I mean, what part of this didn't they understand when they got into this deal? Where I don't understand how this was a surprise to anybody. Yeah. Did, but is it? I mean, is this a surprise? Ha <laughs> ha! You know, <laughs> that's all I can think of. It's like, this is not surprising at all. The, the fact, here's the, the, actually, the only surprising part about this article is the fact that there is... Surprise about it. (laughs) Well, there's some people from the Washington Post surprised. Right. That, oh, my gosh, you know, we put our thousands of articles a day onto Facebook and And we don't have... one 320 by 200 banner or whatever it is. Well, just so everybody knows, I mean, you can go through the article and and go through the details. But basically, Facebook only says that you can put this one ad size as part of it. It can't can't be an exclusive article is the way that they say it. And not only just one ad size, but one ad. One ad, one ad. So, and then... There's no rich media allowed, so you're very constricted as to and, – and plus, you're not going to make as much on that ad anyways. And this is the weirdest thing. They actually go through 
And they said, uh, I can't remember which one of the experts in here, but they said, oh, well, the hope was that if we published all these on Facebook as instant articles, we would get more traffic to our own site. <laughs> and I'm like, right. what? Part of that, right? What were you smoking? <laughs> I mean, like, there's no, that's the point. It's on Facebook. You put all your content on Facebook. So they don't have to go to your site anymore. You took your your all your content assets and shoved them in on somebody else's platform, hoping that you could monetize those, but you have no control over any of the monetization. So now you're complaining. And you know what? Facebook can do whatever they want. Of course. Well, I have this metaphor in my head right now of Facebook sort of this you know, slinky villainess, you know, in the back room of the bar, smoking one of those very long filter cigarettes. And it's like, come into my parlor, darling, and I'll tell you what life is all about. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they, 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 they got seduced into this whole traffic thing of Facebook and then figured out, oh, right. It's not really what, oh, oh, right. Okay. I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's more complex than this. I mean, I hope it's more complex than this than than it than it seemed no, on the surface it's not. because <laughs> because it's not. You know what? It's not. We called this before it was going to happen. It's good. So here's the here's what's going to happen again because they're they're talking about okay, Facebook. The publishers aren't happy. So this I'm basically I'm not making this up. This is from the article. Facebook's right. going to go back to the drawing board. They're going to continue to test and figure out how they can work with the advertisers and their needs to make this more of a product that the advertisers would want. You know what? In the history of advertising, that doesn't work. When you just focus on what the advertiser wants, when you go out and you sell an ad, and I've sold print publishing, I've sold ads in trade publications for a long time. If you focus on the needs of the reader and figure out first what does the reader need and how then how can you insert the advertiser message, right. that's how it works. And Facebook is traditionally focused on UX. They focused on what the what the what's in it for the user. What's not always, but sometimes what's best for the user. <laughs> and I think that just in reading this and reading through the lines, that they're going to go back to the drawing board and focus on what will help the advertiser. When we all know that the people that are engaging in this content don't want ads, I. Well, here's I don't what know I don't this understand. This is going to work. Here's what I don't understand. I don't understand why Facebook doesn't just strike a deal with these publishers to pay them, to pay them money, right? To syndicate so, their content, right? To figure That's exactly out exactly right. Figure out whatever the right amount is, and they know the right amount. That's based beautiful. on views and the kind of people, and you know they could c- come up with a super cool algorithm to basically say, "You're the Washington Post. We're going to pay you this much for your content. You're Wired. We're going to pay you this much. You're National Geographic. We're going to pay you this much, and just pay them." Just pay them straight away. Forget the ads. Take the ads out. Take the ads out of the equation. And and that that's a win-win for everybody, right? It's a win for Facebook because they – I mean obviously they have to pay more than they're probably paying now for that content. But then they don't have to deal with the ads and the, and the publishers don't have to deal with an arbitrage of how many ads they can actually get in there because they get, they're getting paid. They're getting paid a nice fee and it's a nice way to repurpose their content through a broadcast media and syndicate it out. I, don't, I just don't – that seems so simple to me. I just don't understand why they're not doing it. You know, it. Robert, you've said a couple very smart things as part of this <laughs> podcast, but this may be the best. This may be – that may be – it's so obvious that everyone has forgotten it. That, the, that content syndication is absolutely the way to work with these publishers. Well, then yeah. you don't have to work. Then you can focus completely on the audience experience. And you That's don't have exactly to. exactly right. And it's 
frankly, a drop in the bucket. If anybody has noticed lately, Facebook dominates the mobile advertising scene, and they're not going to let that up anytime soon. So I think that's brilliant. I, I, it shouldn't be. You know, the that's, Cowboys that, win, and you just think more clearly. No, no, no. Here's the thing. It it should, because the last like, seven I losses, should not be the guy terrible. saying that. I should not be the guy saying this. This is like when I'm sitting around the table going, no, I'm not the guy to tell you this. This is some – I'm just some knucklehead, going, you know, looking for a glass of wine and going, uh, did you consider syndication? Oh, right. I bet you – you know, but I wonder, because they've never had to pay for content in any way, shape, or form, I wonder if they just don't even think of it. It's like, no. We we get content for free, and we will monetize that and give it back. But even the interesting thing is if you – if your partner in the Instant Articles program – Right. And you, you know, you're you're doing it. And if you sell your own ads in it, you get to keep a hundred percent of. So basically, then in that case, Facebook is just paying for. I mean, they're they're they just want the traffic, right? That's all they're doing. They're right. like, hey, great! I don't have to pay anything. the The publisher's happy because they're getting a little revenue off of this. But it seems like a lot of work. For probably a very little amount of money that Facebook. Well, so that's, could just I mean, say, that's done. that's the thing. It's right. If Facebook controlled this, they could say, "Hey, listen, we're going to pull your we're going to pull your content in. We're going to pay you for it. We're going to pay you a, a flat fee or whatever the right amount in the algorithm is. We're going to pay you a, a flat fee, and then they could decide whether they wanted to lay over some sort of ad to help defray some of those costs." You know, Facebook could say, "You know what? We're going to lay over an ad here. We're going to lay over an ad over the top of this, like we would." Any other, any other, you know, content feed that's coming in here, and I don't know. It just seems it seems so no brainer to me. It just it it's it's just. It's, but it's listen to this. Confusing. Okay, this is from the Engadget article. Right. Despite this issue, which the whole thing we're talking about about all the articles going on Facebook and no money essentially. Despite this issue, the Washington Post remains positive that its gamble will pay off. Its CRO, Chief Revenue Officer Jed Hartman, points out that the format isn't as effective isn't as affected by ad blockers and that since it's much faster to load from Facebook than traditional web pages, it could eventually lead to a stronger demand and more traffic. All right. First of all, what? (laughs) Why? How? (laughs) You're commoditizing the content because you're putting it on somebody else's brand, Facebook's brand. Right. You can get, it's it's absolutely faster. It's faster to get to Facebook. But it dem- still, you're already diminishing your brand because it's on somebody else's platform. Yes, you get a link to the article, but if all the traffic is on Facebook, why are they going to go back to your site? What value do you have on the site? If they that's can right. stay on really, really fast Facebook that's faster than your site that has ads that you want to block anyway. I'm like, I don't get it. Th- I don't get it. And maybe I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I don't either. Uh, I, I, uh, I, feel, anyway. I feel like I'm in a box. <laughs> I don't, I don't feel like know. I read double marathon. <laughs> I, yeah, totally. I've, I have to apologize to the listeners because I'm in just one of those slap happy moods as it is. But all anyway. right, well this so next article, this, well there this is. next article is not gonna is not gonna do oh, anything. Oh no, I thought you had a good one. No, well this one, well it's a good one. It's okay. a, it's a good one. It's it, it's just it's not gonna make you any any less slap oh, happy. No. Um, you know, I mean that's what we're that's what we're looking for. Hashtag slap happy for Joe. All right, that's that's go. what should be the tweet this week, folks. Is slap happy for Joe. All right, so this article comes to us courtesy of, and he wrote a couple of articles here that that, that sort of made our attention this week. Um, 
and was and and a lot of you sent it in uh, through the hashtag this old marketing. So thank you for that. So there's too many of you to mention, of course, but but a lot of you sent this in because it got your attention. Um, this comes the article that I, we're going to talk about. Um, although he did write another article, um, is from his own website, and it's our good friend Jerry McGovern, um, and he wrote a, a, a blog. Um, and then another article on another website. Um, but his blog post was entitled Less Content Marketing, More Quality Content, as if that was uh, – anyway, I'm not even going to start there yet. Yeah. But he basically opens up the blog post by saying it's incredibly hard for a professional to think outside their profession. But in an increasingly interconnected collaborative world, it has never been more necessary. But what do we do, he says. The content marketer looked at me plaintively. We're nearly all former journalists and there's no work in journalism anymore, so we have to do something. We have have to write. He goes on to say basically blah, blah, blah. The content is like a nail and everybody wants a hammer. Um, and then sums it all up before he sort of goes into some examples, I guess. Seems limited the examples, but his examples were basically um, content marketing is going to die and it will be rolling down the hill of irrelevancy and waste. What say you, Joe Polizzi? Are we rolling down the hill of irrelevancy and waste? So I I think I need your help explaining this to me. Um, so basically, I'm reading through and it says at the end, what's really going to, to save the day is quality content that is right. helpful, explanatory, and supportive. It's uh, basically, let me, let me explain this to you, and in a, in a, in a, I'll, I'll re-headline his article. His article should have been headlined something to the effect of, bad marketing is going to die, good marketing is what should replace it. Yes. Yes. But he, but he had, instead of saying bad marketing, he said content marketing. Correct. Well, this is interesting, is it? And as you know, um, you know, we were talking about this while we were on our masterclass series. Yeah, because a few what, people sent it over to. A few us. people sent it. We were talking about it, and of course, um, I saw your. Uh, was this who, who sent it over? Where we we were talking online? Was that um, who sent it? Who we got to give credit to somebody who sent it originally? Do you remember? <sighs> I don't remember. Look, I can look. look I can look while we're talking. She's gonna. Yeah, she's she's gonna be mad if we don't to give her some props out because it sort of started the conversation. Um, and you said this really well because I I love this. I use this 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 whole article that we put um, I put into the weekly newsletter at Content Marketing Institute. So it was Carmen Hill. Carmen Hill. Carmen. Carmen Connective Hill. Yeah. DX. Carmen, Carmen. Thank you for that. It was perfect because yeah. then you got Robert on a rant, which I loved, and in that rant. Uh, you said, so I'll, I'll preface this as first, Robert Rose, CMI's chief strategy officer, equates Jerry's argument to what it might be like to eat a bad batch of chocolate cake. <laughs> Every, you say, everybody makes chocolate cake with vinegar and mustard and horrible ashes. Chocolate cake is awful. And then I go, just because there are companies out there that are doing content marketing wrong doesn't mean the entire approach is bad. And I think that's the key here. That I think that we look at the number of companies, and there, and don't get me wrong, Jerry's right. There are a number of companies of out there that are that. doing it poorly, but you can't just say. And and the way that this is the way that I put it in the, and you and I were laughing about this at the master class. So these are these are the way that this is the way I couch this argument. I saw a truly horrible press release the other day. Public relations doesn't work. That automotive ad was truly the worst piece of content on the planet. Advertising is dead. Our lead salesperson botched up that telesales call today. Let's get rid of all our salespeople. That's the that's the argument that I think Jerry is making here. 
Because, do you agree with that? That there was yes. like, oh well, since a couple people are doing it really bad, it's content marketing is bad, and we need something else that I think he's trying to say is content marketing, but he just says it's good quality content. Right. I mean, I think he's actually, you know, and, and I think he's actually taking it one step further. This is like the sales guy making the call and being a horrific sales guy on an outbound call, and the business going, we got to kill phone. A phone is no good. We phone ha- provides no ROI because it, it's like, God, it's 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 it, this is it's a frustrating day. And I know Jerry. Jerry's a lovely guy. First of all, let me just be really clear. Yes, I've, he is I've, absolutely. I've, I we love Jerry. Jerry's work. Jerry, I've had great. We love with you, Jerry. Except for this article, we've debated. <laughs> we've we had a debate at one conference where we had fun and it was really really lively. Um, and so we've had beers together, and I like Jerry very much, but he's just dead wrong here. He's just wrong to to sort of say content marketing is going to die in irrelevance and waste, and what's going to replace it is quality content. It's just that, that is an is such a straw man argument. It, it, it it's not even it, you know the 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 challenge I had with this. Normally I would have said you know what this isn't you know this is the kind of thing where you go oh it's just too easy of a thing to pick on. But he wrote it not only on his blog, but he wrote it on, I think it was CMSY or somebody like that. Yeah, CMSY, correct. Um, uh, where, uh, where he also basically took the same position and, and wrote this article. And it's, this is the kind of thing that basically makes our job really, really hard. Because when we, when we go to, and we teach a master class or I go do a consult, consultation or an advisory day or we're at Content Marketing World and somebody comes up to him and says, I, I really – can't convince my CEO and my VP that content marketing is something worth doing. It's because of an article like this, where they say basically content marketing is a stupid SEO only focused thing on making and talking and providing sort of horrible content around ourselves and talking about ourselves when it's so the opposite of that. And then we go off and make, try and make the case that it's not, it's just, it makes the road for us steeper. And so I have to rant on it. Well, and the other thing is, is that he goes on and on about, okay, we don't need more content marketing and then gives Five examples of why content of, marketing will be great. Well, yeah. no, no, he's okay. no. Basically, he gives five examples of people cre- of of removing a lot of old content right. on their site and focusing on the the good content on the site. Which I well, know those case studies. I've heard him do those case studies before. I've heard Christina Halverson do those case studies before. They're they're fantastic case studies, and we talk about this all the time. In fact, you give me credit for this this silly little line I came up with, which is our goal should be to produce the least amount of content with the most amount of impact. That's the core of what we teach that that's where again that we need to do a better job because yeah, people simply they, yeah but they simply equate content marketing to this oh we're gonna just sling content crap all over the place and i it's just it's just and of course you know we do the best we can but it's challenging it is what i know just oh, we it's get just, off on it. It's Thanksgiving, man. We should be grateful. We should be. Yeah. Should why be are grateful. we ranting? Why are we ranting so much I today? Don't know. Maybe I'm. Don't maybe know. it's me, and I'm projecting onto you. Hey, you're not. So you're not. It's, it's 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 something that. Well, you know. Th- the other thing that I want to say because I think it's really important. The in the CMS wire, or he says it in this one as well, but in the CMS wire version, he gets to the you know all content marketing is horrible and you need this quality content but he says okay here's what here's the prescription for success with content he says be useful and answer your customers questions so here's my belief on that that may work but it probably won't anymore that was a really great strategy about five years ago 
right. where you just want to be the Wikipedia of your industry, and you could do that. There were there were uh, there was a moment years ago where you could probably make that happen. I don't think you can do that today. What do you need to do today? You need to create a really good strategy that helps you tell a differentiated story consistently over time. That's yeah. what we talk. That's what you've been talking about in your master classes for the last th- you know two weeks doing this yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I think that's. I just. I don't agree with the take, and I don't agree with the advice. Even though I think that Jerry's stuff is, for the most part, spot on. But in this, well, case, I think I can't Jerry's a it. brilliant guy. I mean, let me be clear. I think Jerry's a brilliant guy. I, I have the feeling he's doing this to take a position. He he likes to be prickly, and so I I I have to believe that he knows that this is the kind of reaction it's like. Although interestingly, it didn't elicit that kind of reaction on the comments to his blog. Um, and only mildly so elicited it on the on the uh, on the CMS wire uh, post, um, you know, mainly because I just don't even know what you'd argue, right? I mean, because what you're basically what you're arguing is you're saying yes, I agree, quality content is important. Yes, I, but what, yeah. what, what, there's nothing to argue against other than that because he's basically, as I said, he's saying chocolate cake is horrible if you make it with well of course it's horrible if you make it with vinegar and 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 ashes and and of course of course it is and and you of course quality content then you can say yes yeah, see you agree with me it's like <laughs> that's what's so frustrating about this article is is that it's a it's such a straw man argument that it's just very hard to hard to take I, 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 right. I, have, I have nothing else to say on it. I'm spent. I'm coming to my parlor, darling, and let me tell you about things. I completely lost my shoes and my glasses <laughs> over that article. All right. Our last article, um, and this is one of your favorites, I'm sure. It comes to us courtesy of AdAge. Headline is, How Data Will Transform B2B Marketing. Now, I have to say, I really like this article for a couple of reasons. But, um, uh, well, I wanted to get your quick take on it, and I definitely have uh, a take on it here. Um, The article opens up by saying, Data-driven programmatic technology has been transforming brand advertising over the last five years. But it's only in the last year or so that B2B marketers have really been able to share in that glory. The widening availability of quality B2B data means that business marketers now have the opportunity to target and optimize campaigns with incredible precision and efficiency. The author then goes on to sort of outline five different ways, uh, the trends that he sees in terms of 2016 about the way that B2B marketers are going to be able to utilize data more carefully. Did you, I mean, did you, did you have a a take on this or, or um, any one of the five sort of trends that he identifies? And, you know, yes, I think for the most part, a lot of these are spot on. I mean, if you look at the number one one is account-based marketing is the new black. Uh, We have our uh, content marketing predictions coming out in the next couple weeks. And there were a number of people that I really respect that was that were heavily talking about this rise of account based marketing and focusing yeah. on, you know, the companies and the data that we have over that and that's just a smart place to go. Sure. I don't have any issues with that at all. Lead scoring will become laser accurate. That yeah, I don't little, know. I'm a little about. iffy on that. I'm a little I'm iffy a little on that one, bit yeah. iffy about that. And the other thing is there's a lot of talk here about third party data, which you know, I'm not a data expert, so this may be coming out of left field, but in the people that I talk to that are involved themselves in heavy data, they really want to get their own proprietary data and not be as involved as as reliant on third-party data, other people's data as well. And I know it's out. I mean, I think you should look at all kinds of data when you when you start to score your, your leads, but, you know, I don't think it's a perfect system. I think that in, in a, this article it seems to me 
taking the taking the position that we're so close, and I don't think we're as close. I think we're still very I, early days when it comes I, to data. So here's the thing: I absolutely 100 percent agree with you. I, I I would I would I would look at these trends and go, they're accurate trends, not for 2016. You know, and 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 the trend that I like the best, and it's probably not a surprise, is the number four, which is basically customer centric content gets much better with data. And this is something that you know, as, as you know, I talk about at some length at the masterclass is looking for those multiple ways to get value out of an audience other than just top line leads or or better leads, right? There is there are ways to look at the data that can be derived out of the you know the the consumption of content to make a lot of different value for the organization. Everything from driving uh, media buys down to understanding personas better to understanding message resonance, you know, being able to sort of test messaging. And he actually mentions that in there as, as an example of this. That, I think, is there. In other words, that, I think, is, a, is an unexploited, for the most part, attribute of marketing automation that most marketing teams aren't availing themselves of. In other words, using the market ad- marketing automation system to, under, to, to integrate into the blog or integrate into a digital owned media property and use the consumption of content to help inform sales into what content is resonating or it help inform the web content management system on how to optimize the content across the different uh, visitors that are coming in. Basically, use the data of content consumption to provide for a more targeted, accurate, and resonant sales message. And I think that's th- that capability is there. Now, to your point, in almost all of this, and this is still surprising to me, you know, somebody, it was funny, in our master class, it was, uh, uh, I think last week, somebody asked the question to the audience, how many of you have marketing automation systems? And very few hands went up. And this is still something, we've talked about this on the show a couple of times, where we where we talk about how, despite the buzz that of how many companies out there you think they have marketing automation systems, very few have actually deployed them, and fewer still. I think the number was 4% from some um, some, yeah, some study. Yeah, 4% is what I heard. Yeah, yeah. 4%. And, and of those, very few have actually done anything other than sort of implement the ability to email a list uh, and send them to landing pages. You know, they're not using it for the content targeting and, and those kinds of applications. That's still just not there. I, I think... So, I mean, I guess really the the take on this is if you're in the business of B2B marketing and looking at sort of integrating marketing automation and data and enriching your audience database to such an extent that you can start using it for whatever purpose you have, it's early in the game. You're not late to it, but but the key there is how can you unify owned media properties to provide that sort of continuation of a journey. And, and what I mean by that, in its simplest sense, right now in most B2B organizations, if we have a blog at all, it's WordPress and it's not associated with anything. And if we have a marketing automation system, it's strictly set up to land handle landing pages on the website and email, and that's it. And there's this really interesting wall that sort of hands off the different you know things where our audience database in WordPress is a WordPress email list and our marketing automation database is this marketing automation database and our CRM system is our CRM system and we have no ties between those things and marketers and B2B organizations are just going to have to get a lot better at doing that um, 
now because the opportunity for getting that for getting good at that is now and we're starting to see some of the real forward leaning companies get a tremendous amount of value out of that and it's one of the big reasons that content marketing can really work you know it's interesting i saw um i was looking at karen mcgrain's one of karen mcgrain's keynotes and karen mcgrain is is keynoting intelligent content conference in march this year for us yeah the one take that i love is she said there's so many marketers out there that want to take this data and they want to start personalizing all their content and they want to really go into right. areas they've never been before. And then they, you look at their, the experience across all these different, you know, mobile devices and, and desktop and they're horrible experiences. Yeah. And they're trying to, they're trying to move past that into, you know, personalized content and really leveraging this data. And she says 99% of the companies out there aren't ready for it. We just need one really good, solid, consistent experience. Let's start with that. And I love that. I think that's what you're, in a lot of ways, that's what you're saying as well. Yeah, it is. Well, and just to, and sort of to support that. And I love that. I've, I've heard her sort of talk about that before. And I think it's such an important thing. And, and, and the, the, the thing that we talk about a lot is there's a, I think it was Adobe that did this study where they, where they found that basically 97% of marketers believe that personalized content and connected experiences and digital experiences will lead to higher conversions and better engagement. Engagement and better sales results, and yes, and, and chocolate cake is good. And, and then, and, but three percent of them feel like they have the capabilities and integration with the other parts of the marketing organization to be able to do that. And so, it is still early days here. And so, I, the takeaway for me is that 2016. If these are the tre- if these are the B two B trends for for 2016 from a data perspective, uh, and I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be. The the real takeaway here is is that it's still real. You're, if you're feeling like wow, that's a really hard hill to climb for our business, it is. But it's one that is right now not with not a lot of climbers on it. So it's yeah, it's it's, true. it's 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 one that's a huge opportunity to start to differentiate and get good at this and 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 do it fast. Agreed. All right. Well, hey, I know something. I know something that we can both be grateful for. What's that? How about a sponsor message? You know what? We have a wonderful sponsor message this week, a very uncharacteristic sponsor message. This week, This Old Marketing is sponsored by CMI University. I've heard of that. Did you hear about this? Content Marketing Institute's online training curriculum. Did you know, Robert, that winter enrollment is open now until December 31st? I heard that as well. Yes. And we are limiting enrollment to just the first 500 students. And of course, we've been doing these master classes across the the country, and they've been let into our little secret. So if you are now let in, everyone is now let into this. So if you want to sign up for CMI University before December 31st, 2015, we've got a couple kickers for you. First of all, you got the early access to CMI University. We're doing a little bit of reboot on our training program. We're super excited about it. So we've got over 20 hours of specialized content marketing training from planning to measurement, and that will include... Free Content Marketing World 2015 video on demand access. That's a $595 value there. And Free Content Marketing Show 2015 video on demand access. That's our Content Marketing ROI show. That's also a $595 value. All this for less than $1,000 for the entire year. But you have to sign up before December 31st, 2015. And you need to go to contentmarketinguniversity.com to get all the details and sign up before the end of the year. And that's contentmarketinguniversity.com. Absolutely. I love that sponsor. That's a good sponsor. That is a good deal, I have to tell you. That is (laughs) is a good deal. It actually... 
It actually is. That is a lot of I value. I mean, the, the, the amount of content that you can sort of, I mean, the amount of content marketing sort of just sinking into the geek, man. Sinking into the geek. Well, here's the thing. If, that, if should any, be, that should be the title of this episode. Sinking sink into, into the, the geek. geek. Yeah. Because uh, I think I was going to go with something like Facebook's, you know, maybe seducing the dark side. I don't Come know. Come into something. my parlor, darling, and yes. I tell you everything that you need to know. <laughs> no, honestly, if anyone listening has extra budget uh, for you know, that you have to use before the end of the year, this is a great thing to use it on. Just Absolutely. go ahead. Just don't think about it. Just do it. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for your favorite part of the show. It is our rant and rave section where Joe and I go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave over something that makes us feel like we're stuffed with that perfect cooked turkey and stuffing and cranberries and rolls and mashed potatoes or makes us feel like, you know, you ate too much and you want to just, yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. So uh, let's see. I guess I'm going first You're because going I first. have this old marketing this, Absolutely. It's uh, this all yours. week. All right. So I have a very short rave. Um, I wanted to make it a rave this week because of the holiday week and because, quite frankly, we've been ranty enough. Yeah, not a really great show. Thanksgiving <laughs> yeah, episode, exactly. I think, so far. It's all peace and love, man. Yeah. Um, I, my rave this week, it just weirdly happened to be coincidental. Um, I just have to rave uh, mostly about this person. He's a big influencer. And, and, and in fact, it was – what inspired me was sort of – it happened in threes. Like somebody asked us this during a master class, like who was an influence. And then I got asked again in an interview that I did. And then I got an email from her, not personal email, but, but um, a, an email from her newsletter, which is one of the only newsletters that I truly read every time it comes out. It's um, uh, the author and the professor. It's, it's Rita Gunter McGrath. Um, and if you have not read any of her books, um, I could not recommend them highly enough. Um, she's got a book uh, called The End of Competitive Advantage, which is probably my favorite business book of the last few years. It's just a, a delightful, wonderful, strategic, great read. Um, she has another book if you want to sink into the geek, as it were. And this is what I'm going to rave about a little bit is this book called Discovery Driven Planning. And the email that she sent over that I got uh, this, um, uh, this, uh, this last week basically said that discovery-driven cl- planning, as she's starting to see it, has become a little bit mainstream. And she starts to talk about how the innovation that she saw you know, years and decades ago from Walt Disney Company to its, you know, how it's got its theme park and Federal Express and, and, and Polaroid and all of these sort of companies that sort of went into the unknown and had spectacular failures along the way – and how this new process of discovery-driven planning, um, as she calls it, a practical tool, and I would completely agree, that looks at the difference and acknowledges the difference between planning for a new venture, something that's new and innovative and different in the organization, and planning for a more conventional line of business. And it's at the heart of uh, what Carla and I talk about in experiences, and we certainly acknowledge uh, Rita in this in our book, the heart of what we call story mapping, which is getting to a map of planning for your content marketing initiative. And she talks about it as sort of a business strategy. And I just wanted to rave about it because, in, in you know, in bringing up it again, what it did was it made me go back and look at the book again. Discovery Driven Planning is the name of the book, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful book. And I and I wanted to rave a little. Bit bit about it as in Thanksgiving because quite frankly I'm grateful for it I'm grateful for her thinking in the world and I'm grateful for uh, that book and so there you go there's my rave oh that's a good one I like yeah. that 
I've never read. I have to do that because you've talked about it for years, and I just haven't done it. I it's a to. it's a geeky book. I mean, you, I, I will I will fully admit that it gets it gets really into details. You've got it's a slow read. You're gonna you know like you have to get out Excel spreadsheets and stu- and you know, I have to do stuff like so. But it's great. Competitive the the end of competitive advantage is a fast business book read. It's a great read. You know, just on that topic, I, I had the question the other day from somebody that said, you know, they're a, an entrepreneur, and they said, what what two books should I read? Like just off the wall books that you know that you that influenced you as an entrepreneur. And I said, here it is. There's two things. One is if you want to figure out what your purpose is, read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. If you want Great to figure one. out what your passion is, read Stranger in a Strange Land by Robert Heinlein. And I love I love that mix. It's like my favorite mix of two wacky books. As you bring them together, so yeah, great book. I mean, that's where I mean, I I was telling you the other day, like I really learned about what passion is by reading that that book, Stranger in a Strange Land, and (laughs) and of course, of course, my goal setting is all because of uh, of Napoleon Hill's books. So, so there you go. I unfortunately, I would like to say that I stayed with your. Um, your tone and, and the good spirit that you oh, you gave with your rave, but you and, didn't. And I, but, but you didn't. But I did. You're right. Yeah, I had right. to go there. I had to go to that unholiest of unholy places, <laughs> which is the rant on all Thanksgiving right. week. Well, let's hear it, man. I'm ready. So here's let's... the deal. <clears throat> and I like marketing land, by the way. I like what marketing. <laughs> I always do the disclaimer, right? I like what marketing <laughs> yeah, right, land. Right. Is. But I love you. There's this we, article. We, we rant because we love. There's <laughs> this article that my good friend from uh, from Norway sent me, uh, Carl Wilhelm Vedvik. Uh, sent this over via LinkedIn over to me, and it's called A Content Marketing Done Right, Eight Examples You Can Learn From. And it goes on what makes content marketing truly great, and the columnist is Pratik Dolakia. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's uh, it sounds like that would be the way to say it, or it looks like that's the way to say it. And it goes through, and I read it. And of course, anything that says, here's what content marketing is, I've got my antennas up, and I'm saying, okay. Let's see. Let's see if they get this right or they even know it. Okay. Number one, Coke's share a Coke campaign. And my head hit the table. (laughs) Coke's share a Coke campaign is not content marketing. Hence the campaign in share a Coke campaign. It's advertising and a little bit of branding. It's clever. It's lovely. It's very wonderful. It's very clever. We love it. I'm a big fan. I've seen the viral. So, you know. In air quotes, viral videos that have gone on talking about Coke and the, you know sharing the Coke program and the opportunity to personalize your favorite drink and all that stuff. Loved it, loved it. You know what? Not content marketing. So then they go through. They got okay. Buffers right. Number two's right. Oh, number three. Hootsuite and a game of Social Thrones. Have you seen this video? I have. You know what? It's an ad. It's not totally an ad. It's it's an advertisement. It's a great it's a, ad. It's a, it's a great a wonderful ad. ad. It's a fantastic ad. I absolutely love it. Everyone should go out and see it. But one, you know, one one minute and thirty second advertisement, just because it's a good one, doesn't make it content marketing. All right. So I'm like, you know, all right, two two out of three. That's not very good. That's not very good. You know, you're Actually, already he's two out of four at this point. Well, but, right, yeah. yeah. So he's you're going 50, down. He's, a, he's got batting the, 500 at this point. Yeah, yeah, batting 500. The other ones is get, getting some other ones right. I'll go through the, you know, you could make a case of content market. Okay, here, I get to number eight. I'm like, I'm feeling better because they got a couple of these right. I go to number eight. Number eight, share as image. I'm like, share as image? Hmm, that's interesting. 
here's a company who's making strides in visual content. You know what it is? It's a product. He's basically he, share as image. Oh, he's saying is a really good visual con, visual service. He's it's a he's basically saying a great example of content marketing is this product share as image. And again, I had a big bump on my forehead when it hit the table. It just was not not a good thing. And um, so basically, I three out of eight you could absolutely say isn't anything close to content marketing. And I'm just you know it's. It's the same old thing. You were just talking about it. It makes our job tough. When everybody basi- basically what a lot of people have come to to talk about here is that if it's a little bit of storytelling involved in it and it's good, then we'll call it content marketing. Right. That's on the good side. And then on the bad side, we already covered that, right? Oh, if there's a lot of really really bad content, we're going to say that's content marketing too. But happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm going to go drink a bottle of wine, watch football, and eat some turkey. That's, that's what I'm going to do. That's it. So that's my, that's my rant. That's, that's, that's good. My, but all I, right. did well, wasn't two, that I did have the two book suggestions, so it's not yeah, all that bad. That, so, there you go. There you go. I, yeah. I like it. I do you like have, it. Do you have, right. a, do you have a, this whole marketing list? I do have a wonderful. So I stuck with the theme. So this will sort of wrap us up with a theme here. Oh, I, I, I do have a wonderful. Um, so here, here, here's the story. In the late 19-teens, so see 1918, 1919, so this is, you know, during and post-World War I, and there were military hospitals all across the country. And, of course, they were servicing all of these vets who had gone overseas and, and had fought in World War I. Um, and what happened was that the, the, the government, the Surgeon General, had suggested that all of these military hospitals start to create magazines. Um, and they created magazines that were originally intended just to be internal for sort of morale and sort of, you know, getting everybody up, but became so popular that they went outside the military hospitals. And, uh, and as this article that we'll link to, and this actually comes from the National Institute of Health and Government, um, basically this wonderful article that talks about these magazines that propped up, they say between 1918 and 1919, um, across 21 states and the District of Columbia, dozens of these military hospitals um, put out these magazines. Um, and they were basically the sort of inspired and endorsed by the Surgeon General, and they were really meant to sort of tell the story of all of the tell the story by and for wounded soldiers, military staffs, and they all, you know, they, they basically contributed. It was user-generated content almost exclusively, articles, jokes, poems, illustrations, other material, and basically it was all to sort of lift the morale of not only those that were in the hospital, but those that were, you know, fa- family of people who were in the hospital, family that were, you know, just the general public, uh, you know, at, at large. And there was, they go through a number of these. Like, you know, there was the Star Shell, which was the general hospital in, in, in Pennsylvania. Um, there was another one called the Plattsburgh Reflex, um, which was in Plattsburgh, New York. Um, and there was just all these magazines, dozens of these magazines that sort of went out and originally formed to just be the internal magazine for employees, but became so popular that families and friends started to love and then started to contribute. And so they started to even go a little bit viral as more people started 
started to contribute their own stories, their own jokes, their own articles, their own illustrations. And they have like scans of these magazines um, in this article. So you can actually click on them and you can go through and read uh, some of these stories and articles and comics and stuff that these, um, uh, that, these, that these soldiers as well as the families were contributing to sort of lift the morale of everybody around that were coming back from this obviously very traumatic and, and, and heartbreaking war. And the one that I want to call attention to is this one that comes from um, – it's an article, specific article within this one magazine called Bomb Proof. And Bomb Proof was um, the U.S. Army General Hospital number 18 in Waynesville, uh, Waynesville North Carolina. And they basically talk about this wonderful article. And you can actually read the article. It's so cool about how patients were fully enjoying Thanksgiving Deluxe for the first time in so many years. And they talk about all of the humor and fun and interesting stories around Thanksgiving for all these uh, soldiers and their families as they were coming home. And I just thought as a program, what an amazing, wonderful example of this old marketing and just – um, something that can sort of organically grow out of something originally intended to be an employee magazine to educate them and give them stories to tell the you know sort of people that were in the hospital and how it just spread to become this user-generated content thing for all these um, different army hospitals all across the country and just an awesome example of this old marketing. Where did you find that? I have sources. Um, oh, sources. I have wonderful stories. No, this this actually came in my research. I've been doing a lot of research in the hospital industry lately, um, and I came across this as I was looking for content marketing examples in the hospital business, and uh, and I just thought it was awesome, and so I thought I'd save it for Thanksgiving. Very well done. Yeah. I am inspired, especially coming back from my rant. Now I'm feeling, <laughs> I'm feeling much better. Well, there you go. about there you go. So, uh, and, you, so and you have Thanksgiving with the family, I'm assuming? Thanksgiving with the family. I've got a little bit of drive time to do some, some things. I'm hoping to um, get out and do some golfing as well, which would be nice. And, uh, and yeah, just enjoy some time with the family because, obviously, you and I have both been on the road quite a bit. So it'll be that nice to spend correct. some time with the family. And it sounds like you have some... Moving up some furniture and yeah, I've got moving to do, Lucy. Yeah, I got um, I got uh, all kinds of stuff to do. In fact, I got an email while we were doing the show from my lovely wife who said, By, uh, "When you're done, can you help me move some stuff?" I so love it. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I will finish this and go move some stuff and do that for the next few days, and then hopefully by Wednesday afternoon we'll be fully moved in and basically have a very nice, relaxing Thursday, Friday, and long weekend before you and I hit the road again. That's exactly right. We've got two more cities, uh, Austin and D.C., uh, the week after Thanksgiving, and uh, and that'll be it. That'll that, uh, put a put a capper on a very successful masterclass tour. But enjoy the week Absolutely. off, my friend. Happy Thanksgiving Thank you. You uh, to you same. and yours, and uh, and then we'll see you on the flip side. Absolutely, and that is it for both Joe Polizzi and Robert Rose. We're signing off and wishing you a wonderful and happy and just. Very, very delightful Thanksgiving. And, you know, tweet us up, hashtag this old marketing. Um, we would love those story ideas. We love those this old marketing examples. Keep them coming, folks. We absolutely adore them. Or send an email to this old marketing at contentinstitute.com. And if you like this episode, number 106, 
or two away from our two-year anniversary. We hope you'll consider subscribing on iTunes or Stitcher.com. All the links we talked about today will be available in the show notes that both accompany the show that'll be available on Tuesday and, of course, in the show blog post that comes out on Saturday at thisoldmarketing.com and contentmarketinginstitute.com. All right, everybody, remember, it is your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on This Old Marketing. show is part of the CMI Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows at contentmarketinginstitute.com.